Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And we want to come now and worship at your feet. We want you to teach us and to bless us, we pray. Amen. Would you like to sit down? And thank you to the musicians. Now, the subject I was given for this morning is peace. And I feel a little bit um, apprehensive, a little bit unequipped, really, to teach about peace, partly because I'm guessing that with a seven-month baby and this little gorgeous one here, um, people here don't know much about peace at the moment. When did you last have a full night's sleep? You can't remember, yeah. <laughs> so, um, peace is a really, really big subject to cover in a sermon. Um, when I looked at um, the subject of peace, I realized that it's in the Bible all the way through. It's like a stick of rock thing. You know, um, peace is there in the Bible all the way through. It's there right at the beginning. The Garden of Eden is this wonderful place of peace. And it's there right at the end in Revelation, where it talks about the new Jerusalem. And those of you who know your Hebrew know that Jerusalem means the city of peace. So God is going to take us, has, we have gone really from a city or a garden of peace in Eden to a city of peace in Jerusalem. That's where we're heading. And we are somewhere in the middle of that. And it doesn't feel very peaceful in our world, does it? It doesn't feel very peaceful. The good thing is that we're sort of in the second half. We're nearer the city of peace than we uh, might have been because we have Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And I'm just going to say before I forget, you can walk them around, okay? Um, if, you, if they get really restless, they can even crawl up and down the aisle if they want to. Okay. So as Christians, we are serving the Prince of Peace. And part of our role is to bring God's peace into the world. Another reason that the idea of peace is such a big idea, not just because it's all over the Bible, but because it is a much bigger concept in the Bible than you might think. Because the word that the Bible uses for peace is probably the only Hebrew word you might know, shalom. And that word, shalom, is a much bigger thing than just what we think of as peace. It covers so many other things. In Israel, um, as a greeting, they will say, shalom. And shalom means peace be with you, 
but it also means a lot of other things. So I'm going to, I thought as a way of exploring all these other aspects of this word shalom, we're going to do something together. So if you thought you were just sitting down for the next uh, few minutes, you're not. Um, Just like William, you're going to need to stand up. So would you like to stand up? And we're going to say a shalom blessing to each other. And in order to do that, I think you need to be looking at each other. So you might like to... Well, no. Actually, we'll have two sides. This side, look at that side. And that side, look at that side. Can you manage that? Is that all a bit scary, looking at people? And uh, we're going to say some words. So... This side, you are side one, you start off, all right? You say the first verse that comes on the screen. This side, you are side two, you are going to say the second verse, all right? There's only four verses, so one, two, three, four. Do you think you can manage that? Okay, this is verse one that's on the screen, and you're going to, we're going to do this for real. This is a blessing, So I want you to, you might not know the people you're looking at, but I want you to look at them as you say it, and I want you to mean it. And um, all the words that you see here are part of the word shalom, all right? So let's start on this side. We say together, brothers and sisters, may God give you shalom healing, wholeness, well-being, and rest. Right, how do you respond on this side? Brothers and sisters, may God give you shalom, safety, prosperity, goodness, and joy. Right, what else have we got? And may God also give you Justice, salvation, forgiveness, and new life. And there's even more shalom to come from this side. And may he also give you reconciliation, restoration, acceptance, and love. And let's just, all together, I'm going to pray for us. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine on us. May the Lord turn his face towards us and give us his peace, his shalom. Amen. Would you like to sit down? I was really glad to see hugging in the front row. That was lovely. That was a real shalom moment. So part of the reason I wanted to do that because it was fun, but also because it gives you an idea of the breadth of that word, shalom. It does not just mean peace or absence of war. It means all these things, healing, wholeness, safety, prosperity, justice, salvation, forgiveness, restoration, love. So there's two things that I want to say about that sort of shalom peace. And the first is that most of the time, 
it's used in the Bible. It's used about our relationship with God. Peace with God. God gives us peace through Jesus Christ. And there is a firm foundation to that peace because Jesus brings to us as, uh, gives it to us as Christians. Because of Jesus, the Bible says, we ordinary, fallible, weak human beings can be at peace with our almighty, holy God. The Bible describes a broken relationship between God and the people he created. A relationship that is broken by our sin, our disobeying of God's will for our lives, our trying to live without God, our running away from him to do our own thing. And then God sent Jesus to repair this relationship. And in Ephesians, St. Paul says, Jesus is our peace. He is our peace. And Jesus himself said, I come to seek and save the lost. He came to live like one of us and to die for us. Amazingly, Crazily, peace in the Bible is cross-shaped. If you look round this church, there will be various crosses because that's what we're about. Peace in the Bible is cross-shaped. Now, the cross is a place of gruesome execution. And you might think it's one of the ultimate symbols of hatred and violence in our world. Yet it became the symbol of the peace that Jesus gives us. And I'm just going to mention two amazing and profound verses from the Bible to illustrate this. And this is one. Our Father God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things through Jesus, things on earth and things in heaven. Jesus made peace through his blood shed on the cross. And if you like, that's the vertical axis of the cross. We are a sinful people. He is a holy God. We are disobedient children, but he is a loving father. And all of that, that relationship, is reconciled, brought together by Jesus dying in our place on that cross. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But there is more. Because the cross has this horizontal axis as well, doesn't it? It's not just about this bit. It's about this bit. Jesus opened his arms of love upon the cross, our communion service says. And Ephesians says, he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. That peace between God and human beings bought at such a price by Jesus dying on the cross ushers in a new kingdom of peace. All who trust in Jesus, who give their lives to him, are brought together 
into that new kingdom. So peace to those who are far away, peace to those who are near, brought together into one people, one family. Now in Paul's day, he was talking about those who were far away as the Gentiles, the people who were not born Jews. And I guess that's probably most of us in this room. And those who were considered near were the Jewish people. But because of the cross, Jesus broke down all those cultural barriers, that hostility between those groups, so that they could be one in Christ, one in his church. So you might like to think of who you think nowadays would be those who are far away and those who are near. Who do we long to come together in Christ? He himself is our peace, Paul says. And that is the foundation for all of us. And I don't think we can talk about shalom peace or peace in me or peace in us if I don't say this. Because the foundation for all our peace is peace with God. We can only really know God's peace if we are at peace with God. So if you don't feel you're at peace with God today, either because you've never really thought about it, you've never really acknowledged that you want Jesus to be Lord of your life, you've never said you would follow him, or perhaps if you started out with Jesus but have allowed something to become between you and God, if you are not at peace with God today, Put it right before you leave. This is an opportunity. And I'm sure Tom or myself or um, anybody else that you know in the church would love to talk to you about that. Someone once said to me, if you don't feel close to God today, who moved? It is never God who moves away from us. He is always holding out his arms to us. So that's the foundation. That's peace with God. But I also want to talk a little bit about peace for us and in us, because I'm guessing that may be where you're coming from as well. Um, And so, Penny, this is where you finally get to do the reading. If you were thinking, we haven't had a reading, this is where it comes. That's if Penny can get through. (laughs) So this is a very dramatic story. You might like to put yourself into, um, we're not going to do Bethany actions, but we could do almost to this. Put yourself into the story. Right, the reading is taken from Mark chapter 4, beginning at the 35th verse. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. 
there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, a story you may be familiar with. Jesus getting in a boat with his disciples. A great storm blows up. The disciples are afraid. And even though they're experienced fishermen, they are afraid that the boat is going to sink. And Jesus is asleep on a cushion in the stern while all this is going on. And that raises the question for me, how can you have peace like that? How can you have that sort of peace like Jesus had? He seems to be unshaken by the danger. And it may be that he knows in a profound way that we perhaps find difficult to understand that he is loved by God and protected by God and that God still has a purpose for him to fulfill. He knows that this is not his time to die. He can rest in God because of that. And because of that, God's peace for him is possible in the middle of a storm. The disciples, on the other hand, are so afraid and they are calling out to Jesus and they're saying, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you doing anything? We're going to die. We're going to die. And then they shake him awake. And when they do that, Jesus sorts out the situation for them, even though he says, you have so little faith. And I'm guessing he probably just sort of shook his head and and smiled at that point. Oh, ye of so little faith. I'll do it for you. What I learn from this is when you are in a storm, whatever way that storm is for you, whatever your difficult situation, when you are in a storm, you really want Jesus in your boat. You really want Jesus in the boat with you. And I always think that Paul was thinking of this story when he wrote a bit in Philippians about dealing with anxiety and difficult situations. When Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, he was in prison. So he was dealing with a difficult situation. He was in the middle of the storm. He didn't know whether he was going to be let go again um, or whether he was going to be kept in prison or whether he was going to be executed. And this is what he wrote. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it's a bit like that story. When you're in the storm, when you're anxious and worried, turn to Jesus. You may need to continue to turn to Jesus again and again and again. You may need to feel you're almost having to shake him. It may not be a one-off thing. But turn to him and continue to tell him and give him your fears and anxieties. Be honest with him. This is how I am feeling. And then thank him for his love and goodness. With thanksgiving, Paul says. Thank him for his love and goodness, even if you're finding that hard to see in the moment. And the part of the reason for doing that is that that very act of thanking him changes your perspective. You are no longer looking at the problem. You are looking at the God who can solve the problem. It changes your perspective. And let God give you his peace. The peace that transcends all understanding, it says in this passage. The peace that doesn't depend on circumstances. The peace that is rooted in that relationship we just talked about with him. Jesus may not always immediately calm the storm. But he can be in the boat with you through the storm. And finally, this passage says that that peace that God gives has power. The verse says it guards your heart and mind. It puts a shield around your feelings and your fear and your anxious thoughts. It's not just a warm marshmallow feeling. It's more than that. So I'm wondering, have you ever known that? Have you ever known the peace that passes all understanding? And perhaps that's something you might like to share over coffee after the service. Now, I I can't say that I have always known that sort of peace in my hard times. Sometimes I haven't been able to see where God was at work in situations until I looked back afterwards. Sometimes I haven't been able to hand things over to him or trust him. Sometimes my storm has seemed so big that I've forgotten how big God is. But there's one instance that I do remember where this sort of peace um, did happen for me. And that was when my dad was dying. I can remember um, returning from the hospital when we knew that he only had a a few days to live. And um, going down in the car and sitting in the car looking over the sea. And at that point... I had such a sense of being held up by other people's prayers. 
I'm not sure that I was praying very well myself at that time, but I had asked other people to pray for me. And I had such an awareness of God with me in that car at that moment. And that persisted over the next few days, that sense of Jesus being with us as we visited dad, being with us in dad's room as he died, things unexpectedly falling into place. The knowledge that God had got me and had got this situation and was holding me. So we're coming to the end. I just want to go back to that idea of shalom. Peace is more than just an absence of war. It is God's promise to us. He is building a kingdom of shalom. And it starts here with us. We are to be his shalom people. We are to know his peace. Remember that link between prayer and peace. Ask God for all you need. Give him what troubles you. Keep on handing your anxieties over to him. And if you can't ask, get others to pray for you. You might like to do that today. And we are not just to know his peace, but we are to show his peace to others in the way we relate to each other, in the way we love each other, in learning to deal with our disagreements, and there will be disagreements, learning to deal with them well, in taking his peace wherever we go. When Jesus sent his disciples out into the world to share his good news, what did he tell them to say first? Go into the house and say, peace be with you. Peace be with this house. We are to be the people who take God's peace into wherever we are. So let's just pray together. So, Lord, for each single person here, what do they need to know today? What do you need from God today? Is it about your relationship with God and knowing peace with God? Is it about peace in a difficult situation you are facing? Lord Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. Would you give peace to each one here in whatever way they need peace this morning? And we pray for the power of your peace in our lives. Amen. Amen. Would the um, musicians like to come and, when they're ready, sorry. <laughs>